Welcome to the Get Over Divorce Podcast, where you will learn to get your power back, hold healthy boundaries, and become the confident, successful single woman you were meant to be. Divorce sucks, but the rest of your life doesn't have to. Let's create a life you love. I'm your host, relationship coach, Julie Danielson. Let's do this. Everyone, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to present my amazing guest today. And not only are we celebrating this incredible episode with the Maggie Reyes, but I have also hit 100,000 downloads on my podcast. So a couple of things to celebrate along with, I haven't been on the podcast for like a month because I've been moving and all of my listeners are aware and Maggie that I moved from Alaska to North Carolina. And this is like the big coming back celebration podcast that I'm finally back (laughs) and somewhat settled. Welcome back on behalf of all the listeners. (laughs) Welcome back home to North Carolina, your new home. Welcome back to the podcast. Congratulations on 100,000 downloads. That's awesome. I am now in your time zone. So we're like on the same part of the little corner of of the planet. And I just want to introduce Maggie really quick. Maggie Reyes is a life coach and modern marriage mentor who specializes in helping driven and ambitious women create their best marriages without waiting for their partners to change or adding more work to their lives. She's the creator of the Marriage MBA program, a six-month mentorship for creating successful marriages using principles from positive psychology, cognitive science, and simple coaching tools that you can learn today and apply tomorrow. Maggie's also the author of the best-selling Questions for Couples journal, which I totally love and use. Thank you. And when she's not teaching or coaching, she is constantly talking and posting about Bridgerton, which I think is super amazing. And another thing that we like totally connect on is we both are married to like nerds. (laughs) So let's kind of segue right there. Um, It's so funny because when we're young, we like seek out that partner who's kind of a bad boy and I just want to say like when you're midlife like the new bad boy is the nerd who keeps your wi-fi working and your printer functioning and your phone charged right am I right my hypothesis when I met my husband I told him this I said my hypothesis is there's nothing sexier than a reliable man and he was like I'm a reliable man (laughs) so there you go keeps the wi-fi working (laughs) i love it so much um so let's dive in today um i love maggie because hello i've been through several like programs and masterminds with you and i feel like we are friends but also i hired you as my coach when i i decided to go through the marriage mba can you believe it it's been a year ago that I, yeah. that I started yeah. and I did it because I wanted to secure my relationship with my husband prior to us moving like okay. across the continent practically. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I knew that would be a big upheaval. We're also going through um, empty nesting, which is amazing and wonderful, all the same. But 
I really like I joined your program because I just wanted to like kind of secure the the awareness and bring like to my own awareness the things that I could do to make sure that we got through that bumpy ride of moving from Alaska to North Carolina and and to do it like most powerfully and with the most awareness. So what would you like to tell my listeners about what you do and um, how, how you might be able to help them? So I think that, first of all, it's an honor to be here. It's such a delight. And I love that we are sort of the two ends of the spectrum, like mm-hmm. thriving through marriage, thriving through divorce. We both um, teach very similar things at different chapters of a person's life. And what I want to say is if you're contemplating divorce and you're at the stage where that's really likely to happen, then thriving through divorce with Julie is exactly what you need to be doing, right? And if you're contemplating divorce, but you're like, let me leave no stone unturned, it might be something that we can work through. Then I would invite you to listen to some of my podcast episodes and engage with some of the coaching tools that I teach and then just see what happens with that. I think that's the distinction that I would make. I love that. And I love the distinction that we're on the two separate sides of the, of the spectrum, because I definitely referred people to you where they came to me and they're like, I'm just not sure. And I'm like, I only work with people who are sure. Like if you're not sure that you're for sure going into divorce, then I really want you to give it a chance and go through marriage coaching with Maggie because I feel like there's so much partnership between you and I in that space, Yeah. right? And then when you send people to me, yeah. it's because... They know that divorce is happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And we're talking about this in a very lighthearted and loving way, but I also always want to say like, to me, a divorce is like a death in the family. It's like the death of the relationship you thought you were going to have. And that can even happen without a divorce. It's like sometimes we have to feel the grief of the death of the relationship we thought we were going to have to see what relationship we can have and determine if we want that. Yes, I love that. And at what point do you like coach your clients into like pulling that plug and saying like yeah describe that little piece to to yeah that's an interesting question because I would say most of my clients are in marriages that fundamentally work but have some pieces of it that don't and so a lot of my clients will turn their marriages around will find their way forward with that and some of my clients will get divorced they'll be like oh we got it to work and it turns out it wasn't that it turns out I no longer want this, right? So I've had the situation um, recently, I can remember one example where one of my clients in the marriage MBA literally had the best relationship she's ever had with her husband in their entire marriage. And from that place, they decided they were better off as co-parenting partners, as partners in life, but not as partners together. That was a really fascinating situation because their relationship did improve and it improved to the point where they could finally be honest with each other about what they wanted, what they cared about, what they saw for their future. And once they were able to do that, they knew for themselves, right? 
Um, so that's one way that I would uh, think about it. One of the ways that I that I sort of frame things is clean up your side of the table, see mm -hmm. what there is, if there's anything at all. And usually there, you know, we're human, so there'll be something. We clean up that side of the table, we see what's left. And the way I think about it is what is the best marriage I can have with this person? Let's get it there. And then do I want that? And that's kind of the the lens through which you can look at it. Okay, now I'm there. Is this what I want? Yes or no? Or what do I need to adjust? Or do I want to find a new way forward? Um, I so that. I think that sometimes it's a very individual choice. It's a very individual situation. I've had people with very similar prop problems or circumstances where some of them stay together and some of them choose not to. So for every person, it's going to be slightly different. Mm -hmm. Um and then I have some like filtering questions. I have an episode of my podcast, which is called the Marriage Life Coach Podcast, where we talk about deal breakers. And mm. so sometimes, um, especially when people are applying for the program, if they're really unsure, I'll be like, hey, listen to deal breakers, determine what yours are. Yeah. And then if you want to work through them, you know, come and join the program. But sometimes literally just taking a moment to ask yourself, has my deal breaker already happened will give you the clarity that you need to determine what your next step is. That's so interesting. What are some of the deal breakers? And I'm curious because like when I work with women, like through my program, we get to the point where we're talking about empowered dating and I talk about must haves and red flags. And I, and I talk about red flags as being deal breakers. So to you, like, what are those deal breakers? So I would say it's very interesting. I don't have a list of deal breakers. I have a list of questions that helps you figure out what your deal breakers are. I think that everyone could have a different, I don't know, it's like the flavors of ice cream. It's all ice cream, but we all have different flavors. Mm -hmm. of what works for us and what doesn't, what's okay, what's not okay, all those kinds of things. So one of the lenses I know you and I have talked about, and I teach it always in the Marriage MBA, is whatever's happening in the relationship, a place I take um, my brain and my client's brain is what is the scope of what's happening? So let's say you're arguing all the time, and maybe arguing is a deal breaker. Okay. Are you arguing once a day, three times a day, once a month, once a quarter, once a year, depending mm -hmm. on the scope of what's happening. If it's happening once a month, it may not be a deal breaker. Right. If it starts happening every day, something that wasn't a deal breaker before could become a deal breaker. Yeah. Uh, so scope, when I think about scope, I think about frequency and intensity. So the frequency you just talked about, intensity is, it may be something that only happens once a month, but every time it happens, it knocks you off your center. Mm -hmm. for two months after that and you're recovering from that so it may not be something that happens all the time but when it does happen it's so jarring that it really is interfering with the closeness and connection and the relationship and all that so whatever it is that's happening and you can think about it as arguments which you want less of or sex which you want more of mm -hmm. what is the frequency what is the intensity and then you can look through and see at what point does it become a deal breaker for you? Yes, I love that. Yeah. I love that because everybody has different deal breakers. Right? Yeah. Yeah, everything has, everybody will, 
it'll just look different even in different chapters of your life. Something that might have bothered you when you were 21 may not bother you when you're 31. And something that didn't bother you when you were 31 might really piss you off when you're 43. And yeah. you're just in a different chapter of your life. Different things are important to you. Um, your values might have evolved. Mm-hmm. And so we talk about values a lot in the marriage MBA. It's like, mm-hmm. what is really important to you? And is that alive in your relationship? Yeah. And so, for example, like if your value is connection mm-hmm. and you want to spend a lot of time with your partner and maybe your partner is focused on working and doesn't want to spend any time with you, that could be a deal breaker. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally my love language. <laughs> uh, together, like time together. Yes, quality time. So of course, like my husband like really works on nurturing that. And I absolutely love that. One of the things that I know my clients love to talk about is um, dating and getting out there. And it's, it's always like, there's so much fear around it because a lot of my clients have been married for like 20 some years and they're getting out there and they're like, oh my God, what is this online thing? And it's crazy, right? Yeah. So some of the work like I'm doing with them is to help them identify like what their must haves are and what are their red flags and overcoming some of those fears to get out there and find the love of their life. So let's speak about some of the fears that are holding them back, right? And like overcoming some of those fears so that they can have a happy, healthy relationship. I love it. I love talking about dating. I never get to talk about it. So bring it. What are the fears? What are like the top three fears, Julie? Um, first, their their number one biggest fear when I meet them and they have just gone through divorce is I'm going to be alone forever. Okay. And another one is I'm going to make the same mistake again. Okay. And like choose wrongly, right? Uh-huh. And then the third one is I'll get divorced again. Mm. That is so interesting. So my initial thought is when we have a fear, the first place I go, which is going to be very annoying for everybody listening, is to accept that it could happen. Yes. Just like, okay, I might be alone forever. Okay, you might be. And if you are, let's have some adventures in the meantime. Mm -hmm. Let's meet some people. Let's have some dinners. Let's go to some nice places. Let's go to a concert. Let's enjoy some things, right? It's like to diffuse the that fear is just like look at it in the face. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like the Wizard of Oz, right? They walk up to the wizard and when they get close enough to the wizard, they see it's just a dude pressing some buttons, <laughs> right? And that happens with our fear. Like we think it's this huge, you know, ginormous thing and then we get close enough and it's just like oh it's our brain pressing some buttons exactly it's like them you know people saying I'm afraid to get my heart broken again and it's like yeah but what if you get love again like to have this huge gigantic amazing thing there's gonna be some risk what if we are willing to risk being having a heart broken broken again like I'm willing and what do you need to believe about yourself to cultivate in yourself to like which muscle do you need to strengthen for you to be able to sustain that risk without shutting down yeah so of course we're gonna feel tender like of course we're gonna feel 
all these different, you know, feelings and have all these different thoughts. That's okay. It's like, okay, I'm scared. My heart might be broken. Okay. What do you need in order to have that fear, but not let it stop you? That would be something I would journal on or just, you know, sort of work through a little bit. And for the fear about what if I make the same mistakes again? I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you've already changed the trajectory of your life, right? Because now you have Julie guiding you and how to thrive through divorce. So you're already not making the same mistakes again, because now you're questioning things, you're thinking about things differently, right? Yes, is turned on. Yeah, all of those things. And then I talk a lot about do-overs, right? So let's say you do make the same mistake again. What you do is you course correct faster. So instead of three kids and a mortgage later, five dates later, <laughs> you're like, oh, this sounds so familiar. I don't want to walk down oh that Oh my road. gosh, exactly. Oh my <laughs> gosh, this feels so familiar. Let's break up after date number one. I mean, I kind of tease my women. I'm like, if you're sensing that this guy is another narcissistic asshole, then like, excuse yourself and go to the bathroom and like, take a hike out the back door and block him. Like just, yeah, you know, don't, don't entertain him for the rest of the evening. Yeah. It's like dating is such a great opportunity to hone I call it my spidey sense because I love superheroes and all that. It's like my spidey sense is tingling. <laughs> it sounds familiar. And so it's just such an opportunity to do that. AKA intuition, ladies. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. We're always working on honing that that intuition. And yeah. I love that. Spidey. And listening to it and actioning on it. So maybe like we all know I have, for, I, I've never been through divorce, but I have been through breakups mm-hmm. back when I was dating. And I've had friends who they knew the day they got married. They knew, right? But they didn't listen to it. They didn't listen to their... They didn't listen to their intuition, to their highest Mm -hmm. inner wisdom, to their spidey sense, whatever you want to call it. And it's like, now when you're dating, you have this opportunity to just listen, to be like, oh, I don't like this road. I'm going to get off of it. Mm -hmm. Ah. Now, the other fear that you mentioned which is I'll get divorced mm-hmm. I think that's a very interesting one because you could you come back to that acceptance right like yeah that could happen you could get divorced but have 30 amazing years with the next person yeah you could get divorced and learn a lesson that you didn't learn from the the past marriage and even level up more and learn more and more deeply about yourself and what you want and what you're capable of and like take that into the next relationship and then do it even better that time like we're human we're meant to make mistakes but also learn from them I feel like that's the biggest thing we can do coming out of a relationship and I think that divorce is not a villain I think oh my we- God, I love that you said that. <laughs> Fuck yes. I just want to say divorce is good. I think that's like, don't anyone take this because I just said it, but that's got to be the name of my book is like divorce is good. Like we are, we get to be free of something that may have been a, a mistake or became a mistake down the road. Yeah. I think in our culture, we value the length of relationships over the quality so if you're imagining like a, a like an equation, we put length and then a dash, right? Or a line if it was like a, a long division and then quality, <laughs> right? Yeah. And or or we put length greater than 
quality. And it's like, no, the length of a relationship has nothing to do with its quality. We all know that. Yeah. Right. And so if we're worried, okay, I'll get divorced. What, what do we, what are we actually afraid of? We're worried that we'll, that we'll miss the person. We're worried that our heart will be broken. Well, like the thing what, that we're worried okay. about the shame, the shame. Yeah. So it's like the way we create a culture that doesn't shame divorce is by not shaming divorce. We start us Hell here, yeah. here now. And I, I feel very strongly being a very um, public advocate for strengthening marriages. Wow. That one of the things that I always want to say is sometimes the highest and best outcome for a relationship is for it to end. Mm-hmm. It's like as much as I want to help everyone who wants to stay married thrive in that, great, yeah. I'm all in. Also, sometimes the highest and best outcome is to say, I love you and goodbye. I love your solution to cleaning up a marriage starts in cleaning up your own side of the fence. Yes. Like I love that. And like, when you said that, it really brought me back to my first marriage. And I remember um, having done that so well for myself that when I did choose divorce, like it kind of surprised him because he thought things were going so good right and like I don't mean to like chuckle about that at all because it was the most devastating thing I ever did in my life Um, but the fact that I went there with it I could choose divorce and know that it was the right thing for me from a strong standpoint and not like a wobbly waffling kind of place Mm -hmm. right and I think something that you said is very interesting like the fact that it was a surprise to your partner means his needs were being met Mm -hmm. he didn't experience the relationship problems that you were experiencing yeah and that's okay like divorce doesn't mean that anybody is evil or a villain or bad or wrong it just is a relationship where we both want things and sometimes we don't want the same things. Right. And we can love each other and want different things. Yeah. I mean, I could go forever about all the ways that I failed in that marriage. And I think that's definitely one of the things that I want to encourage everybody to do is like, look at the ways that they themselves may not have been the version of them that they wanted to be in that marriage right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah sometimes it's a great person here's how I think about it in my own life is I've had many different chapters of my life as we all have and I I told my husband the other day I was like if I would have met you when I was a, in a different chapter I don't know if we even would have dated oh my god definitely not my now husband no <laughs> yeah. right so it's like if we think about when you're when you're contemplating you know is this right for me right now? Is this the person I want to be with? Mm-hmm. It's okay to ask yourself that that question. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we also avoid the question because we're like, oh, oh, what if I don't like the answer? I'm going to have to exactly. rearrange my whole life, right? But when we ask the question, now we're opening ourselves up to, well, what could make it better? How could it be? What could I do? Now you have more like more places to go versus just like silently suffering, which I think so many people do. Absolutely. 
You know, and then there's an, another whole side of this, and that is the women that might be in my Facebook group or listening to my podcast who didn't have a choice, right? And they feel like something was wrong with them or they weren't good enough. And I think they they sit in that so deeply And I talk about it so much because like, I really want to shine a light on like, there is a very big difference in like the breakup where you're not, not good enough. It just was a mismatch for what his needs and wants were at that time. Mm -hmm. Like there probably was a time where you were greatly matched, Mm -hmm. but for some reason that all shifted Mm -hmm. and changed the trajectory of your life and it, everything kind of broke down and like, that's okay too. Yeah. It's so like my, my personal wound of my life is like not being chosen. Mm. So when you said that, I took it to like my experience of it, which is like, my parents were divorced. My dad didn't raise me. Like I have the narrative of like not having been chosen. So it's like someone. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Hold up, everyone with daddy issues, just raise your hand. Julia's like waving furiously at the camera, like, did something happen? Is there a helicopter? Um, so um, so that wound, we just wanna first of all, we just wanna acknowledge it. Yeah. Right. We can we can have sadness over the thought that I was not chosen. But then we can go deeper and we can say, well, the person who chose something else, would I want what they're choosing? Do I actually want those things that are not important to them? Because very often when we ask ourselves those questions, we wouldn't want the life they now want. Yeah. The life they're, they're this next chapter they're creating. Yeah. It's like, oh, but do I want that? Wait, hold on. I had I had somebody I was talking to recently where um her husband loves doing things for her and she's like if he was a little bit more ambitious I think I'd be more into that and I was like wait if he was more ambitious then he wouldn't be able to do things for you because he'd be off to his meeting building his career doing his stuff he wouldn't have time to like make you the sandwich when you got home and welcome you you know with a beer or whatever it was and I was like so do you really want that (laughs) so it's like the person who's going through, oh, my partner chose something else and chose to to leave the relationship. It's like, what are they going to do? Do you really want those things? Most of the time, I know some of you are listening saying, yes, I do want those things. That's all right. But for some of you, it's like, no, I really wouldn't want those things. Right. And for the people who are like, yes, I would want those things. You might, but you don't want them as somebody who doesn't want you. Absolutely. I have a fun question, Julie, from the, my deal breakers for everybody. Mm-hmm. This is something that shakes people whenever I ask them this question. They're like, oh, what are you, a life coach or something? Damn. <laughs> so here it is. If you met your partner now, would you marry them today? Oh, God. That's so good. Why or why not? And that's kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, where you're like, oh, I'm not sure. Do I want to keep keep trying? Is it time Mm -hmm. to make a new choice? What do I want? It's like, well, a really big moment of clarity comes when you say, well, if you met him today, him or her, whatever, you know, whoever you're married to, him, them, all the beautiful ways we appear on earth. um, 
if you met that person today, would you marry them knowing everything you know now? If your answer is yes, I would probably say keep working on it, see what you can do. If your answer is like, hell no. That is such a powerful question. It always shakes people up when people come to me. I'm so confused. And like, let's just check. How confused are you really? <laughs> so going forward in creating a happy, healthy marriage, I think that's a really good um, kind of pivot into that yeah. conversation because I talk amazingly about my husband and I like rave about him all the time like it's so funny he'll get he'll listen to my podcast and he'll be like I have to listen to your podcast because you say such wonderful things about me <laughs> and I'm like oh but honey I, I say that to your face right he's like not enough and his love language is words of affirmation <laughs> and I'm like I gosh it. I just have to remind myself just say good job honey and that's like all he needs and it's yeah. so easy it's like the easiest love language to like hit on is words of affirmation and I forget to do it but he gets it from listening to my podcast I love it because I'm nurturing that love right by yeah. how I choose to think about him and how I choose to speak about him and I you know I just had this conversation with with one of my best friends the other day like what you nurture in your mind is going to expand. Yes. Always. You Whenever you nurture. You groan and complain about your husband or your boyfriend or like you're yeah. in, in your next relationship yeah. or you can nurture like the things you love. Mm -hmm. I mean, things grow when we water them, right? And they wither when we don't. That's just nature and relationships and everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Now it it becomes challenging when we get attached to a particular story of struggle or I don't know, I just feel like as humans, stories is how our brains help us make sense of the world. Mm -hmm. And we can get attached to stories that don't serve us. And we can have a story that our partner doesn't appreciate us or that they don't care or whatever. They might be twisting themselves into pretzels doing things for us and we don't even notice because we have a story mm -hmm. and so for everyone I know if you're listening to this podcast with Julie and you're following all the different things that she's teaching you one of the things you do is you just question the stories that you tell yourself yeah and I actually encourage the women that work with me to question the stories that they had about their past marriage yes yeah because nothing is black and white, right? There's all shades of gray. There, there's some things about it were good. Some things about it were bad. Not everything Ooh. was awful, you know. And my point of view is, and my, the way I experienced my marriage is totally different than the way my ex experienced the marriage. And the way he experienced it is true. Like whether I like it or not, his view of it, his experience of it, the way he talks about it, that's how he experienced that. And all of that's true. So like we tend to get really resistant when we hear that and we take it as like blame and it's all my fault and it's because I was all these things or this way and I failed in all these ways. But the reality is, is, is we, both of our experiences can be true and they don't have to overlap or mirror each other. 
Yeah, if you think about it, like looking through a prism, I can only look through the lens that's in front of my side of the prism. So if your partner's telling you some story, you don't have to agree with it from the point of view of like, if they're telling you things that are not nice about yourself, mm-hmm. you don't have to join them and agree in, that, in those things. But cool. you could say, oh, from that person's side of the prism, it could look that way. And I could see how that could be their experience, even if that wasn't my intent or that wasn't the way I experienced it. Yeah. Absolutely. And we can have completely different experiences and reasons for being the way that we were. So I absolutely love that. Um, So famous last words, like, what would you like to share with my listeners? First of all, advice for um, choosing their next partner and then also like share how people can get a hold of you. If there's somebody out there listening and they're just contemplating divorce, share all of the things. Okay, so the first part was advice for choosing your next partner. I would say one of the concepts that I teach is the idea of being sexy besties. And so it's having a friendship with someone and then having a physical connection that feels nourishing to you, that feels delightful to you, whatever that may look like. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking to choose a partner, can you imagine yourself on a rainy day going through life with them with with the silliness and the seriousness and all of the different pieces of life? Like that is a... Uh, something that is a litmus test for me. I remember when I was dating my husband, my grandmother passed away mm-hmm. and we were, she and I were very close and he was incredibly comforting and incredibly kind. And I thought, oh, he's the person I want to go through hard things with. Mm-hmm. And that was a like a moment that really I just knew. Um, but he's also incredibly funny and, and lighthearted. And he's also the person that, you know, I, I always joke around. I tell him, I love doing real life with you so fun to do real life with you so if you look through the lens of sexy besties that is a lens that you can think about do I enjoy this person's company the Mm -hmm. core of a relationship is always the friendship like this is researched proven this is it so could I be friends with this person and I think by friends that also means like can you be your truest self and be your most expressed version of yes not like you know I always warn people like don't don't get into a relationship and spend 24 7 with that person without reconnecting with yourself and giving yourself that time to recharge and reconnect with who you are because we can lose ourselves in those relationships I would say you know how there's that cliche saying of putting your best foot forward Mm-hmm. I would say put your worst foot forward. <laughs> I would say show them whatever you consider to be the thing you don't want them to see. Show them that first. From a place of vulnerability, not like a place of like ripping the bandaid off and on our first date, let me just express to him all of the reasons why I got divorced and, and do that yeah. like verbal vomit on the first date. Yeah. Not like that. Not that. That but, is not what I mean. Like, But like on my first date with my husband, I told him that I love superheroes. Like I was very, very obviously nerdy in front of him. And I was like, if you don't like nerdy people, we are not going to get along. Well, good thing he's an engineer. Good thing he's an engineer and also like superheroes. That was great. 
right? So that's what I mean by that is like the things that make you quirky and delightful that you might enjoy immensely. One of my friends is a quilter and she's like, quilting is a really big part of her life and it's a big deal for her. Like, don't leave that for date number six. <laughs> is what I'm saying you know it doesn't have to be quilting conventions right he needs to know and be okay with that exactly (laughs) not to mention all the accoutrements that you need in order to have some of those type of hobbies so I would say that is is um really don't sugarcoat who you are when you're dating I think that you waste a lot of time Mm -hmm. because society tells us that we should and I remember my girlfriends with all the best intentions telling me, oh, Maggie, you know, maybe you should tone it down or something like uh, that. Like, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is who I am. This is what, what our life would be together if he's with me. The, the fun parts, the loud parts, the quirky parts. I want somebody who wants this. Mm-hmm. And my husband and I, um, we... We've been together for 15 years as I record this podcast, but we met in December, um, started dating in January because we went on Christmas Day, which is a story for another day. Um, my grandmother passed away in February and he proposed in like June or July, like within six months, we knew. Okay. Me too. Okay. This is, that's so weird. We have so many parallels, Maggie. It just totally kills me I love it's that. so fun but the reason that we got so close so quickly was we were super real from real. day one and honest and transparent and like that vulnerability really helps you get to know somebody by being willing to like expose yourself in that way and if that freaks you out because I know somebody listening is going to be like that sounds really hard I don't know if I could do that. My heart is broken. I'm still recovering. All, whatever that brings up for you, that's why you would do Julie's program because then she'll help yeah. you develop the emotional skills to be able to do that after a divorce. Thank you. I love that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And for all the ladies that are in a new relationship and they want to secure that, I have lots of past clients who are married now. Yay. How can they find you? So the best place to go is maggiereyes.com. M-A-G-G-I-E-R-E-Y-E-S.com. You'll always see whatever I'm up to there. And I do have a podcast where I talk about all kinds of relationship skills. I talk about thriving. Um, So that will help you whatever stage of relationship, whether you're just dating now, you can start thinking ahead to all the things that make relationships healthy. And you can start incorporating many of the things that I teach. I go very in-depth um on the podcast and I also have clients come on like Julie who did a fabulous episode with me on marriage and divorce where on we really July talk- 18th yes July 18th episode go listen to it yeah so good um so so that would be a place that you can go and then you can follow me on Instagram if you do Instagram I'm the Maggie Reyes there I love it and I also love all of your fun Bridgerton posts and everything. You're just so fun. And I absolutely love you, Maggie. So thank you for being here today. I love you, Julie. Thank you for having me. Bye, everyone. Hey, friends. Have you taken the quiz yet to find out where you fall on the divorce healing scale? You'll learn what it's going to take for you to finally feel happy, healthy, and healed. Learn if you're a dweller, survivor, 
striver or a seeker and find out what it's going to take for you to leap the scale to the top and finally be a thriver once and for all. Take the quiz at juliedanielson.me forward slash quiz and gain some valuable insight to your healing right now.